This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Welcome to another fun and exciting edition of Training Unleashed. We have a very interesting guest with us today, Jessica Pettit with Good Enough Now. And Jessica, you are a very impassioned person from our pre-interview. And I let's just start with what does Good Enough Now mean? Sure. So I uh, really started burning out and doing my own work and noticed my audiences were burning out as well from what I would call bad diversity training. And I started paying attention to why people weren't engaging either in difficult conversations or with difficult people, why I wasn't noticing a lot of change in my own life, and uh, really paired it with research that I have been doing. And I came up with the concept of Good Enough Now, which is about not having to wait until you're perfect or you have all of the vocabulary or all of the lived experiences to try to do something. So that good enough now is working, doing the best you can with what you got some of the time. Have you ever heard the term perfect is the enemy of good? Yes. Yeah. I really like your concept because I think so many people wait for perfect before they, they get inertia to start. Right. And consequently they don't get anything done. And if you start with good and then you keep working on getting better and better and better, you're going to accomplish more than if you wait for perfect. Sure. And the, in the lens of diversity work or working across difference, I think that the, my book and my work breaks it down into, first off, if we believe that ourself and others are actually good, we're not awesome, we're not perfect, but we're good. And then with the skills that we currently have or the experiences that we currently have, it's enough to at least try. Then now you can actually start making better connections, not just having better conversations. So maybe give us a little history of the impetus of the book, what made you come to this realization, and and maybe some tangible takeaways that people can take with them today. So uh, the research I've done has been primarily around a model that I created that uses different variables that explain kind of how we respond, usually out of habit, um, either to difference or conflict or um, shame, guilt, any of these kind of emotional things that usually stop or stifle our uh, ability to engage. So looking at those patterns, you can kind of decipher who you are or how you are and take responsibility for that instead of it just being external gathering of new vocabulary and new experiences. So I have a survey. You can either download the app or you can go to goodenoughnow.com slash survey. And it's 13 questions that are kind of silly, although they are statistically valid. 
and it'll help you identify which variable, whether it's heady, which is meaning more kind of detail-oriented, hardy, which means connected to larger ideas, or action-oriented, which means kind of the doing of a something instead of the planning or the why of the something. And once you know kind of how you lean, the people that you work with that probably annoy you or frustrate you probably show up in one of the other categories. And I put it together because I think with, there's four books, Difficult, Crucial, um, uh, Difficult, Crucial Conversations, Courageous Conversations, and Fierce Conversations. They're very much about the other person. And I, I wanted to flip it and do something that was about me taking responsibility for myself and who and how I am. That's really a neat concept. And so let's just say that you and I have a tough relationship at work um, or in life, I guess it doesn't really matter where. How do you apply that principle of taking responsibility? Because I think most people just blame everyone else. Yes, that's exactly what they do. So um, I usually call the annoying person Todd. Um, And instead of trying to fix Todd or send Todd to some kind of mandatory training, what I recommend is paying attention to when are you Todd. And so then if you can pay attention to your own habits, your own way of being, then you can adjust some of the time how it is you show up in the world. Um, If you take responsibility for your intention or your impact, that really does have an uh, effect on your ability to build relationships with other people. And as you take responsibility, creativity, loyalty, retention, things like this can increase, not just with your coworkers, but with your customers or your clients. I think it's very interesting. I've always been told this, and tell me if, if you agree or not, that when you, what you see in the world that you don't like is actually a reflection of who you internally believe you are yourself. That you notice things that are actually core to you. And that similarly, what you admire in the world and other people are generally things that are things you possess because you notice them more because from the core, that is who you are. Does that sure. ring, ring I mean, to you? Yeah, the, the pieces that I would say that I would add to that is that if you can see good in someone and I don't mean that in like the cliche way but if if the person is really annoying to you if there's something good that they offer even if you can hold them in what I call a differently right space even if that's 30 seconds you'll engage with them in a different way because you have the 30 seconds of looking at them in a more positive affirming contributive kind of way and that will shift how you show up. Um, You can't be frustrated if you are looking forward to talking to someone. Um, When I talk about listening in the book, um, and I do, there's a training exercise about all these different steps too, but the listening is, is to start a conversation by listening to the person that you're about to engage with as if they're going to teach you something. And if you can begin a conversation as if you're going to learn something then you're bringing a very different kind of listening skill to that connection. In in my book, we can go book to book here for a second. I talk about something very similar, but in a different way. I talk about looking for the kernel of truth. And what I talk about is when you talk to someone else, 
that you're listening for not why they're wrong, but you're listening for why they're right. You're looking for that kernel of truth. And that most people are spending their time listening in a defensive way to get information or points to uh, win an argument. Or you're just listening for a chance to speak. But you're not really listening for why that person at their core is right. And if you listen for why they're right, you hear differently. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I'm sure you have different nuances, but I think it's a very similar skill. Yeah. And, you know, for the audience, I think it's life-changing when you really look at people with the desire to really hear them um, rather than the desire to make them wrong. So let's just talk for a second about tips for people on how they can listen better or, you know, some keys, some things that they can do that you would sure. recommend. So I have a, a flow chart that um, I actually try and keep close by when I'm writing an email or doing a phone call or I'm about to engage in what might be a challenging conversation. And um, it's not linear in the sense that it repeats itself, right? But the first one is to decide that I'm going to make a better connection. And yeah. it, that you're not entitled to that. They may not play along, but your part of it is you can decide you're going to do that. And the way you're going to make a better connection, you're going to decide is going to be to have an intentional conversation by doing those two things consciously, then listening to figure out where the other person is, what they need, how you can help them, what you can learn from them. Then you form your message. As you form your message, you then separate out what is the intended meaning of said message deliver the message and then you're still listening. So you're paying attention to how the message landed, positive, negative, in alignment or not in alignment with what you intended. What's the impact of it working or not working the way that you intended. And then you repeat. I love that. I love the intention. Uh, I'm a big believer in intention that, you know, how you think you're going to do what you're going to do really makes sense. Um, I'm going to just quickly share our initial conversation for a second because I just think it's funny. Um, I think we both come from a place of wanting to support the other person and wanting to be in service of the other person. And that's our intention. So my question to you is how can we do this to be in most support of you? And your answer is to make it in most support of me because you are looking at how can you be the best guest possible I'm looking at how could I be the best host possible. And it was just kind of funny because we both were coming from a similar kind of intention, which is the intention of, of caring about the other person and really wanting something to be special and good for them. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, you're a very fascinating person. And Thanks. <laughs> no, I, I mean it seriously. I, like, I love how you think. So if I went and bought your book, uh, which I feel like I got to buy it because it sounds really intriguing. And because we have so much in common, I think I'm going to get a lot out of it. We're so glad you're listening to this episode of Training Unleashed, brought to you by Tortal Training. The difference between Tortal Training and other online training companies is we're primarily a training company with technology rather than a technology company that does training. Want to find out more? Just go to tortal.net. That's T-O-R-T-A-L, tortle.net. If I bought your book, it seems like it's got a lot of activities in it. Is mm -hmm. that 
correct? Yep. And is it a book I could use with my team? At work? Uh, yeah. So it can be for individual use, or you can use it in pairs, or you can use it as professional development. Um, I didn't necessarily intend that when I wrote it, but uh, it has been used as professional development or book club books, and people yeah. walk through it. Um, the the intention though is to be responsible for yourself. Um, but then the application of it is then how to build better teams or better groups. Um, cool. Yeah. And the, the um, activities and things like that, if if you were to go to goodenoughnow.com, it's my website, but uh, I know we were going to do this later, but if you go slash freebies. Go ahead. Um, so goodenoughnow.com slash freebies is um, all of the activities, the glossary, all the handouts, all of that stuff separate from the book. One, some people don't like writing in their books. But two is that it's to encourage training or team development work. So then they're, they're already set up for you so that you can print them out. Yeah. Um, they're all there. And I think for people listening in the corporate world, this skill set of communication is really critical. And so much happens where you have very bright, very talented people that just for whatever reason don't communicate well. Mm-hmm. And to, to use this tool as a tool to help communication, I think would be profound. Um, I know you're a professional speaker. Um, what topics do you speak on? Uh, primarily diversity-related issues. And when we talk about teams, communication is one piece, and self-awareness is another of how the language I use is that our own lived experience has taught us how to be. And so even someone who's really, really frustrating or annoying to you, their life taught them how to be. Their, their yeah. life taught them that this is how to be safe and prepared. And that allows you to give them some grace because you don't always know what's going on in people's lives. But it's also a mirror reflection like you were referring to earlier of how did my life teach me that that's not the way, that's just the way that I'm habitually used to coming out. So then that's where the team development pieces can come. Yeah. So talk about diversity for a second. I'm going to ask you maybe an odd question. Um, you know, it used to be in the workplace, you worked about worried about diversity in terms of gender, sexual orientation, religion. And, you know, there was politics in the office, but it wasn't as contentious. Today, it seems like the political environment is much more polarizing. Sure. We're being told that. I don't think we are, but we are being told that we're more polarized. Um, if we take politics, for example, yeah. um, at work, and I come into places of work all the time where I'm supposed to be doing a contentious conversation, but then I get this list of things I'm not allowed to talk about, um, which I always find humorous because this is the very list of things that you need to get comfortable talking about. So let's take politics. Let's take Donald Trump, for example. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about Donald Trump because nobody wants to be voted for who, who likes who, regardless of whether you voted for someone or you didn't vote for someone, if you do or if you don't like it, that nobody wants to talk about that. Except this is actually permeating every inch of the media and our lives and the grocery store and home, and it's also permeating your customers and your clients' lives too. So if you can't foster a healthy place to have this conversation, then your team members don't have practice having these conversations when they matter. So what I try to do is debunk the contention. 
So if we take the 2016 uh, presidential election, what it was, was the vast majority of eligible voters in the United States did not vote. And full stop. Of the people who voted, the vast majority of the people who actually voted, voted for somebody because they were not the other person. That's the basis of a two-party system. So yeah. the bonus there is that we, those of us that voted have in common that it's very likely we voted for someone because they were not someone else. Okay, so now let's talk. Like, what would that feel like, that your vote in a two-party system is literally based on it not being someone else? Well, now you've defused it, but what's fascinating about saying we're being polarized is somebody's making money off of that, right? Like, if we take two of us, I'm not doing anything to polarize us, so it must be you. So then if each one of us enters into a connection with somebody else as if the other one is doing something contentious or polarizing, we're never actually going to be able to talk with each other. I I just facilitated a local, uh, I live in a small rural town, and I just facilitated a conversation about gun laws and access. And everybody on all sides of this issue were super nervous that I was setting them up for failure. And the reality is, is that regardless of what your views are on gun laws and gun access, everyone is ultimately talking about safety. Okay, great. So now we have something in common. What do we talk about when it comes to safety? And if we can have those conversations, then the workplace becomes a less scary place. And when we talked about like bad diversity trainings earlier, I think another really bad training trend is that you leave your personal life in the parking garage. No, you don't. Your coworkers know if you're going to, you're diabetic or you have heart disease or you're an alcoholic or you're getting a divorce or something's going on with your kid. They know that long before you do because they can see and observe changes over time. But if we pretend that we leave our personal life away and that people we spend a lot of time with don't notice these things about ourselves, then we're fooling ourselves. So I say bring your full self to work, and now let's see how we can actually work with all those strengths and all those weaknesses. It's very fascinating, really fascinating, because almost everyone I know says, bottle it up. Yeah, that's dumb. It's certainly not a way to increase workplace culture, retain members, recruit new members. That's not how you build creativity or innovation or loyalty if people only have to be this small little piece of themselves. They're going to go someplace else. Yeah. And I think you're, you're also right that when you bottle it up, when it does come out, it explodes as opposed to it being a, a meaningful conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's uh, interesting. Uh, we are going to run out of time. As you know, I ask everybody, uh, if you had to share one tip with the audience, what would that one tip be? The key is do the best you can with what you've got some of the time. So if I was to put that into other language, is don't wait for perfect. You're good enough. You're good enough now. That's the truth. There you go. And that's mm-hmm. the name of your website, which, by the way, terrific name. 
So I know you've already done it once, but we always end the show. So people, some people just come to the end to see the goodies. So uh, how do we, how do people uh, get your, your goodies again? Sure. So goodenoughnow.com slash freebies, F-R-E-E-B-I-E-S. That'll link you to the activities, videos about the book, as well as that flow chart I mentioned for conversation. There's a link to the survey, um, the app, all that kind of stuff is there and it's all for free. So enjoy. Well, Jessica, I've really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, you've made me think. And I, always, and I always enjoy conversations that make me think. So awesome. thank you for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you very much. This has been Training Unleashed, but it doesn't stop here. Just go to trainingunleashed.net to subscribe to the show. That way, you'll never miss an episode, and you'll be well on your way to delivering training programs that are off the chain. We'll talk to you next time on Training Unleashed. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.